We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. of the Golden Blocks Podcast, the BearCast. We are back for 2019 of the Cal football season. It's been a long time coming through this offseason. We've had some ups and downs, uh, not just the football team, but with us. We actually live-streamed on Twitch yesterday, but that failed miserably. We crashed and burned. Um, also on our second take of this. Yeah, also on the second <laughs> take of this, uh, just because, yeah, there was static audio, and we didn't want you guys to be listening to static audio. Uh, but yeah, as you can hear, I have two guests here. Um, but yeah, our Twitch stuff will be uh, will be fixed. That's just some housekeeping. Another bit of housekeeping stuff is that uh, we have moved all of, or not moved, but we've increased the number of platforms that we're on. So CGB is now on YouTube at youtubecom goldenblogs We're also on Twitch at Twitch.tv/GoldenBlogs, which you can watch our live streams of our podcast and you can join in on the chat and help us uh, create more content for that. Um, and also, uh, we are on, on Instagram at uh, Instagram.com backslash GoldenBlogs. And our podcast now, you're, which you're listening to, we've also increased those platforms. Now we're on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Now you can find us on four different podcasting apps. So to your hearing pleasure, whichever one you may use. So follow us, subscribe, do whatever people do with those types of links. But um, I'm your host, Rob. Andy is not here with us because uh, he's flying out to New York tomorrow, and that did not pan out right. I mean, this is, this timing thing didn't work out, so you'll hear his his predictions in a little bit. But I have my two guests from last night here with me: Trace from Howdy. Cal Rivals and Josh from the Daily Cal. How's it going? Um, we are going to talk all things Cal football for 2019. Um, I asked all of them to prep six points about the Cal football season. Regardless of what they are, it could be personal statistics or goals, like per player, the team, record, whatever outlandish claims um, you may think of, we have thought of them. So uh, with that, we're going to cut to Andy's six points. So here you go. All right. Here are my bold six predictions for what's going to happen in this upcoming Cal Football 2019 season, specially created for Trace, Rob, and Josh on the Bearcast. So Cal is going to win 
nine games this year. That's right, nine games. That's my first one. Eight wins regular season, one win in the postseason. So we get our first bowl victory in the Wilcox era, despite the fact that we easily should have won what was and forever will be known as the craziest game of all time, the 2018 Cheez-It Bowl. So that is number one. Number two is that Evan Weaver, and this is not a hot take at all, will lead the Pac-12 in tackles. So that's like my lukewarm, super medium, medium heat, not even medium heat take. Evan Weaver will lead the Pac-12 in tackles. Number three, the offensive line will have its best year since Mahalachek was the head, uh, was the offensive line coach for the Bears. Which I believe was 08, but I could be wrong. The guys up front are bigger, stronger, and better than we've ever seen in the last four or five years. Number four is that Stephen Coots, our punter, will be responsible for winning us one game. Whether that's an 80-yard punt out of the end zone in a 15-13 nail-biter against Washington State, or if it's a 99-yard sweep fake punch run where he runs into the end zone, I don't think it'll be the latter, but I'll take it. It's probably going to be a field position game, and he will end up being the difference. Number five, Oregon is going to disappoint again. Cristobal will be fired, and Wilcox will become the number one target in their eyes. Nine-win season at Cal, complete turnaround for the program, Oregon identity, solid recruiting. He will be their number one target, and the rumors will be back, and I will be sad. Number six, two Cal defensive backs will be drafted before the end of the third round in the NFL draft. I'm not going to say who it is, but I think anyone out there probably has a pretty good guess. And the last one, which is my bonus, uh, because I believe Josh stole one of mine, even though I just said it, Cal will have its first 1,000-yard rusher since the days of Patrick Laird, uh, which wasn't that long ago. Um, and I believe that 1,000-yard rusher will be Chris Brown Jr. The offense this year is going to recover, and, I, and it's going to be largely in part because of the success of the running game rather than the passing game. Those are my takes. Excited to be back on the Bearcast next week. Go Bears! So here we go. That was Andy's six points. Thank you, Andy. Very Yeehaw. educational. I think we learned a lot. Um, as you can tell, that was a pre-recording of Andy, so we're just kind of going off We of, know what he said. We do know what he said, uh, but we're just going off of a weird segment since we're not listening for it right now. We recorded after we recorded it. So. But let us continue with our six points of the Cal Football 2019 season. Would any of you gentlemen like to go first? I'm going to say that's a no, but I will. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. So I I had six ones last time we did this. 
which was last night, which none of you will ever get to hear, and I'm going to come up with six new ones right now because prep work is for suckers, as it were. Oof. No offense, no offense. <laughs> um, but, so... Uh, let's see, there were... I want to say eight true freshmen on the depth chart that was released today. They're um, McCade Metower on offense, along with Spencer Brash, who's fourth-string quarterback right now, or third-string, or whatever, wherever you want to put him. Um, then defense, Brett Johnson, Braxton Croto, Oren Patu, Blake Ancelotis, Kyle Smith, and Craig Woodson were all on. I say four of those guys won't redshirt, yep. and those will be the four guys that'll play that'll break that four game threshold and I'm betting it's going to be Metower, Brett Johnson whose name I have to say in capital letters because we're contractually obligated Braxton Croto and Craig Woodson so alright there's one there's one someone else take the wheel we'll give it to Josh I'm up I'm up um, focusing a little bit on the newcomers front not necessarily with the freshmen but with the transfers um, Deb Chart today didn't have Kakoa Crawford and Trayvon Clark starting per se no, the well-documented struggles of Cal's explosive play potential, those two could play a huge factor in being a part of that solution. Um, I expect Clark and Crawford to contribute right away, regardless of where they may stand on the depth chart that was released today, um, which had guys like Jordan Duncan and Nico Remigio, along with Ricky Walker III, who was recently put on scholarship um, ahead of those guys. Um, I still expect Clark and Crawford to see the field, and hopefully offer some big play potential that Cal's been missing for the past, uh, not just year, but really year, year and a half. Yeah, so just to go off off of that, we're recording this on Saturday night. Saturday afternoon, we got the death chart released, mm-hmm. which actually might help in our discussions, just because mm-hmm. last night when we were recording, we had no idea who was going to be starting and, and well, whatnot. we had an idea. We did have an idea, but now it's cemented. I, I, I did a projected death chart on Wednesday, and I think I got about 95 so, so where were we? Where were we? So the big thing is, yeah, so we recorded on Saturday. We're recording on Saturday night. We recorded actually Friday. The depth chart came out Saturday morning. Um, Trace pretty much nailed 90, 95% of the depth chart. Thumbs up. Yeah, but I think it was. it's nice that because we can actually kind of talk about that as mm-hmm. we give up our points. Um, and just as Josh was just talking about his wide receiver point, I think it's it's clear like Ricky Walker played his way into that starting role. But at the same time, there's a list of six wide receivers on that depth chart, and I don't think any of us expect... At least like, at the outside receiver position. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't expect any of the guys underneath the first string guys to not play. Mm-hmm. We expect all of those guys that are listed on that depth yeah, chart to Clark's going to play. Crawford's going to play. Monroe Young's going to play. Polk's going to play. Polk's going to play. He apparently had a very good scrimmage today from what... Uh, Wilcox and uh, Chase Garber said at practice. Yeah, so I think we're at that. We're, we, we know for a fact that all of these guys are going to mm-hmm. play. And as we said, the, the only thing with the starting role at the wide receiver position is just your image just gets you're, posted on the screen. You know? on first. Yeah. What's on second? What, who's on third? <laughs> or who's on third? Who's on third? It's I don't know. Second base. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't remember what the actual skit. I just know what's on who's on third. Who's, Who's on, first? Who's, on first? who's on first? Who's on first? It's who's on first. Who's on first? Yeah. Okay. What's on? T- <laughs> I don't know. Third race. <laughs> All right. It's time for my hot takes. Uh oh. It's it's time. It, these were blistering <laughs> to the point where they gave me heartburn last night. Yeah, and they were flaming to the point that I had to turn on the AC, and we don't yeah. have to turn on the AC <laughs> here in the Bay Area. No, no, I don't even have air conditioning in my house. That's how. 
it's a mistake sometimes in those September times. Like two years ago when Cal played at North Carolina and I was I was watching the game at home and it was 90 degrees in the house. Yeah. I had a fan put on me. and We didn't have the humidity, though. No, which no that's, we didn't. That's a good thing. No, we're not wearing our out there wearing our little linen suits and you know everything that comes with it. But now to the segue, your first point. My first point. Since we were talking Lister. about the wide, wide receivers, we'll talk about the wide receivers. I believe Jalen Haw- or Jeremiah Hawkins, not Jalen Hawkins, but related to Jalen Hawkins. Jeremiah Hawkins, his will uncle, uncle, his and uncle, uncle, and his daddy. Yep. Well, <laughs> no, just his uncle. Just his uncle. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah Hawkins. Leads the team in receptions for the upcoming season. I disagreed with this last night, and I still disagree with it. But you know, we but have... you didn't fully disagree with me because I think you said that there is a there is a path to this. There's happening. There's a path to it. There's a path to a lot of things happening too. <laughs> That's but also true. Some are covered in rocks and poison ivy and fallen trees. I don't think I don't think this path is that Indiana Jones. I don't. It's not. It's not that the, far down. The darts aren't coming out the side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's I don't no big, watch that. There's tonight. no big that rock ball. Like yeah. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I Cap think off a good Saturday. Yeah, that is a good idea. I actually think yeah. So he is going to lead the. Do team these takes belong in a museum? They will if they if at least one of them comes true. So I got okay. six. I'm just hoping for. Okay. At least if one of the, one of these comes becomes true, you'd be hidden cool. below the Mendoza line. Now. I am. I am. I'm like That's printing true. out, printing it out, and I'm putting it up on the wall. <laughs> There's a lot of wall space. There's a lot of wall space. There's a lot of wall space. Yeah, call me Rob Stradamus from now on. Okay. If any of my six hot takes comes true. Um. All right. Sadly, I can't think of anyone historically who are super inaccurate. <laughs> I, I we'll call you Rob Bayless or something. Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Stephen well, NBA Finals. Uh, yeah, Chris Broussard. But uh, I don't have multiple sauces. My sources are saying... I don't have multiple sauces, but I do have pesto. Who Who is the guy... Which, which dude was the guy that... Uh, um, crap said... Was it Paul Pierce who said the Bucks have this one wrapped up? Uh, and then Paul they Pierce. was Paul Then Pierce. they proceeded... Paul or Pierce. the Celtics have this one wrapped up. Yep. You uh, can be four, Paul Pierce. Four in a row. Yeah. All right, so that was my first point. I'm gonna to toss it to Trace for his second point. Oh no! I, my dad told just sent me a text that he he got on someone else's Instagram and he said I made the Instagram. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, it's he, like making the- <laughs> he he's smart enough to stay off social media, which I applaud him for. So, uh, but no, let's see a second point about this season. Trace's eighth point, to be honest. Yeah, something like that. I'm making these all up. Uh, let's go with Ben Hawk Schreider. I really like Ben Hawk, and apparently the team did too because they gave him a scholarship. If there's anyone who deserves one with how he's played in fall camp, it's him. So he's on scholarship now, and I predict that he will outdo his numbers from his career at UT Chattanooga. This wow. Year. He didn't have too many. He did it. Yeah, yeah, his numbers weren't that But it's crazy, possible but. because the last two grad transfers that Cal had outdid their numbers in yeah. Mo Williams and Ian Bunting. Technically, cool. technically correct is the best kind of correct, and that's what I'm going for. All right. That's a that's a hotter take than from last night. Yeah. You, uh, you're, getting, you're getting better at this. You're getting better at the hot takes. Oh, I can do them. I just don't. <laughs> All right, Josh, so what you got for us? Well, Trace just t- touched on Ben Hawk Schreider, a great story in his own right. 
I think one of the best stories that could happen this season is also on the defensive front. Um, we all know Evan Weaver commands the, the headlines, the watch list, and, and deservedly so. Um, I believe that Cameron Good is going to be the defensive player of the year on that side of the ball. Yep. Cam Good has played 10 games for Cal. He's got two pick sixes, I believe, in that time. Yep. It's a freak of nature, and he, quite simply, if he stays healthy, is the most dyna- dynamic player, I believe, on the I roster. I do agree with that. I think that when healthy, he's the most talented player on defense. So in terms of specific numbers, maybe you see a double-digit sack guy. Maybe you see someone um, who leads the team in tackles for loss. And in a lot of ways, he's just going to be impacting an opposing team's offense, I believe, unlike no other. Weaver's going to be making the most tackles. We know that for a fact. Um, but I think just the notion that Cam Good is back on the field is a huge confidence boost to a team that will be you know, losing Alex Funches and Jordan Kanasha. And that's something that I don't think Cal's really had in the past two years mm-hmm. under Justin Wilcox. Tim DeRuder calls the outside linebacker position the glory position. Well, I mean, he had a guy named Von Miller play for uh, in that yeah, position. That's that's fair. So That's fair. And look what that did for him. He became an absolute monster. And I'm not... None of us are saying that any Cal player is Vaughn Miller. That would be heresy. No, but point. that's the role that that outside it's linebacker. It's the role, and outside linebacker, I can say a little bit from experience, is one of the toughest positions to play because you have to be able to set an edge. And good can se- good could set an edge at 220 pounds, and now he's 235 and has the same speed. That just adds more bulk. He's talked about, we talked to him today, actually, about kind of using his hands more. And he's just improved in so many ways and physically. And if he stays up, then sky's the limit. Seriously. I mean, he looks more grounded, right? Like the, Hell, the, he, could, he could go to the draft next year he if he has yeah. a great year. I mean, the 15 pounds that he gained, like, it was pretty well distributed yeah, across not, his it's frame. It's not just Whataburger. Right, and, yeah. And, like, it's his mom's spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. But the biggest notice, or the biggest change that I've noticed with Good is... Week. Is his legs? They don't look they like the the bird. the the bird like Kevin Durant legs. Like they that's they, what you look for in a lot of those guys too is the lower body development. Yeah, and you saw you you if you go to practice or you watch him play up close, and if you're at the game on on Saturday next week, um, just make sure to like go early and get up to the front and, and check him out. Like you can you can see his legs are definitely more defined. Don't gawk because that's rude. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> that's different. But you can definitely see where he's gained that muscle and where they might have put some emphasis on. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what that translates to on the field. Like does that give him more explosion coming off the line? Does it give him more push when he's up against a tackle or a tight end? Like I'm, I'm genuinely curious how that muscle gain will translate, other than just pure bulk. Um, but yeah, I'm. It's weird, right? Like, think about it. I mean, this is how I thought about it: is a few years ago when we had Goff in his final year here, we really couldn't pick a guy to be the offensive MVP outside of outside Goff, of Goff. Mm-hmm. because we kind of just we could make a case for any of those guys to be, you know. We could have said Kenny Lawler just because he's going to catch the most touchdowns, or Bryce Treggs. or Bryce Treggs just because or, he's the most all-around guy, or Steven Anderson because Daniel Lasco, or Daniel Lasco. I mean, like, he got hurt that year. Yeah, but I feel like that's the same type of choice selection we have here with the defense. The clear-cut case that most people are going to make is Evan Weaver, and it's that Jared Goff comparison, just because he's the heart and soul of that defense. Mm-hmm. 
but then there's every other starter. There's Bynum, there's Davis, there's Hawkins, like there's, there's crazy, Davis, there's Trey Beck, there's Luke Beckett, there's Deontay Johnson, there's Brett there's, Johnson. <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for that one. But yeah, Seven there's Evan Paul. All of those guys, like you could, you could some. I mean, Loading. some not as much, not as much as others, but you can make the case for a lot of those guys. Mm. To end up being the defensive MVP for this team. Yeah, they're legitimate starters on one of the best defenses in college football. And I think we saw with the Miami and Florida game that Oof. we just watched earlier, not everybody's as good at tackling as the Cal defense mm-hmm. is. And I'm watching that, and I'm thinking if, like, Justin Wilcox or Tim DeRuiter's watching this, that I mean, they're in great shape. So they're not having heart palpitations, but they're probably like, I'm I'm gonna go down there and just slap some people around. We're only two and a half years removed. I think I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah. We're only two and a half years removed. Advantage. Yeah, from from Sonny Dykes telling us at a post game well, conference you, you that you need athletes better athletes to, to tackle, tackle better. My goodness, that quote! If you, if that's not a quote that throws all of your defensive players under the bus, I don't know what is. And mo- let's see. Who, Most of those guys on this defense. Weaver recruited Bynum. Weaver Bynum. Hicks, but Hicks, not really, because no, he didn't I play for them. He did recruit. They were under him, but so Hawkins, Hawkins, Rambo, uh, Rambo is no longer number. there, but he's at uh, Texas Tech. Beckett, Beckett was Beckett, there. Beckett, Beckett was, was there. He tore his ACL. Ziande, he was there, Ziande but he hadn't there. played yeah. much. Um, let's see. Good Paul, they're both there. Yep. Paul was tearing up the scout team when they were doing that. So yeah, I mean, we can even we can even consider some of the other other guys like, like Jordan Kanasich. Yeah, like Kanasich, you know the, guy, the guys that were there last year and left. Like Chris those guys Palmer, were just were just as much as part of those. De- Rusty terrible Parker defense. turned Rusty into Parker. someone. Yeah, he's uh, he's there as I think he's an assistant Gratis strength team. coach. Yeah, yeah. he he's, he could still play probably. Yeah, but that's crazy to think about. Just two and a half years and. Mm. We've gone it's from funny when you emphasize, hey, we want to be good at this, and you have a coach who pays attention to the defense and actually hangs around the players and they like. You know, best fucking SMU, Sonny. This this <laughs> Cal defense, and I, we'll move on from this after this, but the whole conversation right now around you know player safety and tackling and them trying to limit the amount of live tackling you do with body to body contact, and some coaches are saying that's it, obviously yeah. Some coaches are saying it's not enough mm-hmm. to be able to teach guys how to tackle properly. But then you look at Cal's case, and it's like it it makes sense that, or in it's just evidence to it mm-hmm. that it works. You can you can limit it and still have they can teach you rugby tackling basically. Yeah. You mm-hmm. you can you cannot have body to body contact. And hey, this is how you hit somebody exactly instead mm-hmm. of this is how you hit somebody with your head. And- Case in point that you don't need full on. I don't remember a lot of things so far, so it's better <laughs> that they don't do the head stuff. And I think in a lot of cases, football. if you think about just last year, the small sample sizes when Cal did have issues tackling, you think about the the running backs, the big Oregon and, and UCLA, Rodell, Travis Dye. I mean, it, it goes to show with, with, an, with an with an aggressive defense, you have to be good at tackling because if you whiff some of those guys, you don't catch them. Yeah, that's very true. All right. I'll move on to my second point. More fire. Uh oh. More fire. I'll go. I'll go. I'll. I'll do one kind of not really fire, but fire. Uh, Cal will have more than four players, four or more players drafted in the first three rounds of the 2020 NFL draft. Yeah. 
Sadly, we talked about this last night, so I don't. It loses the I same don't flavor. entirely want to rehash what I said last night to it, but I think it's possible. Yeah, you have Weaver, you have Bynum, you have Davis, and then and some guy wild card. Yeah, some guy boosts group. his stock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be Beckett, it could be it Coin could Dang, be Coin Dang, Jaylen like Hawkins. it could be Hawkins, like could be good, it could be good. Could that be would bad. be good. <laughs> um, like it's just any of those guys that could be that that fourth guy that pushes it in there, but. Yeah, I mean, I think we have three guys that are pretty much surefire in the first three rounds. I think we can get to four after this season. Mm-hmm. That's my second point. Trace, do, you think, do you think anybody uh, will end up in the first round? Ooh. Ashton Davis would be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because he kind of has those prototypical, is the prototypical safety size. He has the speed. He has the ball skills. I think will be surprised at how good of a tackler he is. And it's also added bonus that he's a kickoff returner. Absolutely. So yeah. So if and he'd be a great gunner on punts. He would be too. So that I yeah. Think he does that sometimes. I mean, he's listed. I mean, the athletic had a list of the top uh, safeties or Freaks. like yeah prospects, and he was the second guy at the top. So yeah. other outside of the Seriously? the LSU dude. Um, starts with a D, but anyways, it's his name's like Delpit or yeah Delpit. I think it might be. I think you're right. Um, and so outside of him, so let's say he goes off the board first. What's not to say a guy? As, God, I hate. I'm, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to have to say it. Like a Patriots team that just lost Patrick Chung. Um, at the, I mean, they drafted Patrick Chung towards the end. I believe it was the end of the first round when they picked him up too. So you know, <laughs> Patriots had a draft late in the first round. Yeah, some yeah. some pick in the twenty nine or thirty, some, like twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty back for him, like yeah. a Patriots or the Steelers or. Yeah, if they want Someone another like Heinz that. Ward, or not, sorry, Troy I mean, Polamalu. He hit people hard, and yeah, he Troy was a Polamalu. dirty player, but, you know, suck at Heinz Ward. Sorry, <laughs> Shannon. We apologize. Um, Shout out to Shannon. Yeah. Trace, yeah. your next point. She's very missed on the She Cal is. Beat. She is. But let's see. Next point, next point, next point. What you going to do? Um, let's see. I'm going to say Chase Garbers has a 3-1 to one touchdown interception Ooh, ratio. That's a new one. 3-1. to one. You know what was funny about it? He was, if he had thrown no interceptions, or wait, no, he went into the cheese. <laughs> if he had thrown no interceptions over the last two weeks of the season and one more touchdown, he would have gotten that. That's and, quite impressive. Yeah. If yeah, you think about it's, it. I mean, it, it would have been 15 to 5, which. I went back and looked at his high school stats for writing something on him today. He threw 47 touchdowns his senior year of high school, five mm-hmm. interceptions. And I think, pardon me, the offense is going to look a little more like what he ran in high school because he was an air raid quarterback. Yeah, I actually went back and watched his huddle tape from yeah. his junior season. I, Those I throws are... I think that a lot of that's lost on us because, you know, Cal ain't running the air raid anymore. It's not. It's multiple. It's how I've described it is Washington style formations with Washington State style plays, which you know, fair enough. Forverts, mesh, all that fun stuff, yeah. and there were a few other nuances that I I am not privy to talk about. Otherwise, Bo Ball is going to come busting in here like the Kool Aid Man. The RPOs. Yeah. Yeah. All three of us will be banned from future Cal football practices. But I think it's possible. I think he's. Stronger, I think his shoulder, he doesn't have a bum shoulder anymore. He talked a little bit about, hey, my shoulder was shot at the end of it today because he got asked about that. And I think he's they've made it an emphasis to get stronger there. And with that, when you can not worry about the physical stuff, 
that's when the mental stuff is going to come into play because he is a guy that can handle everything. It's just a certain amount, certain things he has to improve on, including, you know, staying in the pocket, finding the right throws downfield. And he's capable. I, th- I have faith in him for that. Yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this on Saturday and you haven't seen Rusty Simmons's piece for the Chronicle, I believe that was Friday, Friday morning when that but piece, yeah, Thursday or Thursday when that article went up, um, and basically it talks about how Garbers had a shoulder injury and he wasn't able to throw past 40 yards, and when he got a play call of 40 yards or further, he knew he wasn't going to be able to make that throw. Um, these aren't those weren't direct quotes from Garbers, uh, but. It also talks about how Garbers probably won't ever admit that just because of how much of a competitor he is. Well, he did admit that today, so suck it, Rusty. Okay. (laughs) There it is. Shout-outs to Rusty. Yeah. So go ahead and read that article uh, by Rusty Simmons at The Chronicle if you want to get a little more insight into that. But, yeah, that was a key piece of – I think that actually gave a lot of hope. We talked about it last night, and I think a lot of fans and some of the other writers on CGB talked about it within our uh, Slack channel as well that – it gives you a little bit more hope just because you know that it wasn't because he was bad. It was because he couldn't throw that he couldn't. He wasn't throwing well. White quarterback just had another interception. Oh, so he's 2-2. 3-3. Two and two. Three, 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 three. Three. three picks. But, yes, sorry to interrupt that. We're just time stamping that for yeah, people who are good. listening. But, yeah, so that, it does give you a glimmer of hope, right? It, you expect him not only to improve, but if he returns to the form that they expected him to be at, Mm-hmm. At the start, like he was a he was body. a four star quarterback coming out of high school. I know people bemoan the Cal is three star U yeah. thing, but you know he's good. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, I, we're on to Josh's next point. Yeah, right? we're on number um, three. Gonna stay on the offensive front. Um, Garbage is gonna improve, as will a lot of different faces. Um, I'm gonna focus on the running backs a little bit. We got the depth chart today. Um, to no surprise, Chris Brown Jr. is going to be the starting tailback. Um, Marcel Dancy not too far behind him as the backup, um, followed by Deshaun Collins and Alex Matherda. Expect most of those guys, um, I don't expect Brown to be, I, I expect them to treat him as a three-down back, but I expect other guys to get a lot of looks as well. Um, and, and Brown really reminds me, not so much of like a, a power, a pure power back, a la, you know, Vic and Wary per se, but he's not necessarily a pure speedster or... Um, doesn't have that three dot, that that look of like a Trey Watson Daniel Lasky. He's kind of a breed of those two so far, um, from what we've been seeing. So I, I think he will be spelled by Marcel Dancy just because they're so different in the fact that Dancy offers a change of pace look, um, that shiftiness, and, and I think he can offer a lot for for an offense that really could use that breakout speed that you know Brandon McIlwain evidenced um, here and there. Um, it's arguable that that you know it, it's. Consensus that Chris Brown is going to get most of, if not basically all the snaps in the early going. But I will give Dancy the benefit of the doubt in that he will have a big role in the offense. And I guess my hot take would be Dancy will have the same amount, if not more, touchdowns than Chris Brown in 2019. It's a little bit warmer than my previous takes. Yeah. I find it difficult just because I think Chris Brown will be used more towards the goal goal line. Yeah, anything within 10 yards, I think you got to put Chris Brown in there yeah. just because of his Let's skill see set. See if he can, in fact, run, run it. Run run it. it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say my third point, and then I want to ask a question to you guys that we didn't talk about last night just because we didn't have that information oh. available to us yet. Perfect. But um, here's my next one is um, since we're going on the topic of running backs, I got one. Let's do it. Cal as a team. 
breaks the single season rushing record. <laughs> rushing touchdown. Which, which is 34, 34 in a season. 34. I'm not even sure they had 34 touchdowns all of last year. Hot offense no. and defense. Hot galore. I will I will say this as a caveat. I did not know the record was 30, 34. 34. I expected it somewhere to be in, within like the maybe 25, 28 range. From 1951. Yeah, where they pretty much just ran the ball all the time. Yeah. So Leading rusher, Johnny Olszewski. Yep. We actually looked this up last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? I, I think he only had like three of the 34 touchdowns too. So it was well distributed. Well distributed. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my that's my third hot take. And I got some more fire. We're running the triple option bit. next year. <laughs> I mean, people called for that last year, and people are dumb. So yeah, we could have hired the the Navy coach, right? Navy. Ken <laughs> New New Mat- Matololo. Yes. Uh, I got it, that name. It, right. it would have taken me a few tries, but I would have got. <laughs> All right. Here's my uh, here's my question. I wanted to ask you guys before we continue is. Were there any big surprises or what's the opposite of a surprise? Expect, Down or expected? Unex- really, really expected? I don't know what the the opposite of surprise is. Assum- assumed? Unsurprising. Unsurprising. Things. I think unsurprising. Maybe unsurprising is the right word. Things from the depth chart that you got um, from what was released today. Overall, or just the running backs? Just overall. Overall. overall across uh, the board. Well, there's the Jenna Williams injury mm-hmm. being out for the year. That's something that, I don't know, kind of had an inkling was coming. Because here's the thing. When they aren't going to talk about injuries unless the guy's out for the year. Yep. And at practice, you could see, hey, Jenna's on the sideline. And you didn't know for quite what. So... This isn't terribly unexpected in that regards. It's just surprising that it's an out for the year thing. Just he, uh, Wilcox said today, "Hey, we when they went in to fix it, it's a lower body injury. I'm not entirely sure what it is. We'll never know, really. No, I have an idea. I think it's his foot, but I don't don't take my word for that. Um, but he's." He's out for the year, and you have Matt Sindrick, who's going to step up behind him. And then I think that leaves an interesting thing at the guard spots for McCade Metower is going to be the backup hit, yeah. one mm-hmm. of them. And Putasi, Putasi, PJ Putasi, whatever you want to call him, left guard. is the left guard. But Steve Graywood will move guys around to fit. I'm not sure if... I th- I honestly think that if Cindric went out, Matt Tower would come in behind him because he's been that good this fall camp. I mean, people were people asked me and were worried about that online depth after yeah. the depth chart came out. But then I also said, if you've been watching practice or been going to practice, you know, is you know, it's clear that Greatwood makes sure that all the guys get snaps mm-hmm. across every, every five and, position. And four out of five of these guys were. I mean, it's you could make a case that Safel did commit under the previous staff, but Greatwood wanted to keep him when yeah. they came in. Mm-hmm. Like he, they had another lineman committed whose name escapes me right now, and they told him to hit the bricks, and he's at Colorado now. But um, no, these aside from Curhan, who got his first real playing time under Greatwood anyway, these are his guys. Yeah. So it's kind of. I don't want to say sink or swim in that regard, but Greatwood has his guys, and he well, he's trained them just under his. Like he yeah. doesn't have to break down any habits no. or or you know teaching things. Like mm-hmm. it's just 
he he got to teach them from the ground up, pretty all much, of them, pretty much. And yeah, so if if he does that, and we saw in practice where every guy gets to play every every snap, just so that if any any injury hits or they need to move guys into different positions, they're not thrown in there blindly and mm-hmm. without having any experience at any of the five positions. They know they've had at least a few snaps at each spot, so that only helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going off of what Trey said, I mean, left guard was a big you know, indicator as to what Williams' health was, and um, not surprising that Cindric's the one there. Uh, focusing a little bit on tight end receiver, I thought the defense as a whole, there were not really any big surprises there. Mm-hmm. Um, tight end and receiver, um, Ricky Walker the third one to start on the positive end. Um, well-earned scholarship and the fact that he's listed number one, although the receivers, like we talked about, will all see the field, will all get a lot of run. Um, the fact that Ricky Walker, the third we assume, will be one of the three guys that runs out there for the very first snap is a testament to how far he's really come from getting that one start last year to really being, you know, being at the forefront of this receivers uh, group. That's huge. Um, I was a little bit interested to see Colin Moore down on the tight ends chart. Mm-hmm. Um, we expect McCallum Castles um, with his size to to step up this year and play a bigger role in the offense. Um, I thought Colin Moore did a fantastic job throughout uh, spring and fall. So it is interesting to to see Reinwald there, who um, Wilcox has mentioned will get a lot more run this year um, in in both the blocking and offensive scheme. Um, and they're all very close. They're all very unproven. So I don't think that we don't have to read too much into that. But I guess those are the two kind of mini takeaways. And with Jake Tonges mm-hmm. also yeah. earning a scholarship. That's all, right. All Bay Area kids that earn scholarships mm-hmm. today too. With Walker from. He's from Oakland, went to San Leandro yep. High School. Yep. Tonjes, Los Gatos High School, uh, third Cal player from Los Gatos on the roster, actually. Um, and uh, Ben Hawk Schreider, who earned Berkeley. his St. Mary's College High School. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I, I mean... Good buddies with Lorenzo Alexander, who also went there. London, yeah. And Parker Bosch, who's an outside linebacker. Yes. I mean, the thing with the tight ends, too, is that I think there's five listed... Yeah. But realistically, it's four deep just because often, often just, just moved to that position. And there's Maharo there, and he yeah, probably and they're, has to they're redshirt, have to redshirt, redshirt him. Mm-hmm. So, but even then, like if you think about it, this this offense runs a lot of twenty one and twenty two personnel sets. So let's say you go down a drive running twenty one or twenty two personnel. I think you're thinking twelve or thirteen. Sorry, twelve or thirteen personnel, and you're going to have to sub your tight ends mm-hmm. right because they're going to get tired. Yeah. So those four guys. Other, I think, other than McAllen, McAllen yeah. mm-hmm. those other three guys, they're they're, they're not like important. they're not depth chart. Like if this guy goes down, you're the next guy up. Mm-hmm. Like those three guys with McAllen are just going to be constantly rotating, mm-hmm. just because they play it so made much more sense for them to put oars. Yeah, and they play so much with the tight ends, and they're they talked about it last year, but they didn't really do it. But I feel like it's going to happen this year where they're going to use them a lot more in the passing game and the blocking game. So we'll see. <laughs> how they kind of work with that and how they spell each other out throughout throughout games. And, mm-hmm. it, and we'll see, I think, the first taste of that at the UC Davis game. Yeah, but and that, that ties into the fourth point. I'm going to rehash one that I used last night. But you guys haven't heard it, so, you know, it's new to you, so <laughs> I'm surprised. Uh, I think that Cal's going to have their most productive tight end season since 2008, which was when Cameron Mora led Cal in touchdown receptions. And it's because of McAllen Castles, who, aside from having a real estate firm-sounding name, shout-outs to Nam, <laughs> and being named after the Scotch, he's a damn good receiver when he's on. 
and I've seen him throughout camp make tough, contested catches on jump balls, especially in the one-on-one periods where he's basically fighting with the safeties that are coming after him. Trey Turner, in particular, is one of the you know guys who's basically trying to punch him out. But I think Castles will be a big, bigger part of productivity in the offense. Could help in the red zone. We'll see. I think that's going to be a work in progress. But I do like what his skill set brings to the table as far as the tight end room. And they're all that size. They're all 6'3 to 6'5", 230 to 250. And they're all either redshirt sophomores or younger. Yep. Which is crazy. <laughs> Youth. Or youths. Youth. Youths. Youths. Two youths. 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 All right. What you got for me, Josh? All right. Uh, this one's a little bit new. I uh, did some stats rundown uh, over the past couple days. And a lot of Cal's offensive stats, as you can imagine, were very ugly. Um, one of them was third down percentage. Uh, yes. They were last in the Pac-12 by a, a decent amount, actually. Uh, 35.4% uh, on third downs. Um, it's a very small sample size being a part of fall camp. Sometimes you're not able to see everything. And sometimes, you know, the, the ones on offense are going up against the twos on defense. Um, that number is going to go up. And I think my prediction, per se, would be Cal's going to finish in the top half of the Pac-12 in third down uh, success percentage. Uh, so their conversion yeah, rate's going to go from rate. 12 to, to top six. six top at six. the six at the lowest. Now, yeah, you know what the funny part about all those offensive statistics that the offense is playing Cal's defense statistically did worse. Mm-hmm. So that's why they had a winning record. Hey, there yay. you go. Uh, I think it's interesting that we can go through all like the nuances. Who can be a, a key playmaker and make a, a big difference? I don't think it's any secret. It's Chase Garber. Chase Garber is going to have to shoulder that responsibility. And in the small sample size that we saw in fall camp, there was one third down period I remember in particular against the ones uh, of, of the defense. Uh, three or four were... They, they completed the first down on four occasions, um, three of which were very convincing. Um, we saw the quarterback draw. We saw him uh, get rid of the ball on time a couple of times. And it, it just hit me that with Garbers at, at full strength and just the ur- sense of urgency with his team to fix those issues, um, Wilcox always talks about you know cutting down turnovers and creating explosive plays. I think really just elementary com- converting third downs is going to be a huge part of why the offense will take a step forward. This is one of those weird years where, like, the it's only been how many? It's only Wilcox's third, third, year. third year. We're going into his third year here. And there's already a ticking clock on, like, not wasting away talent, which is super weird to think about just because. It's because there are high expectations of him as a coach. Right. I don't, I don't know. I feel like that came in quicker for Wilcox than it ever did for Sonny. Yeah. And it's just, we, every, I'm, I can guarantee across the fan base and across most of us writers, this is arguably one of the best defenses Cal has seen in quite some time. And if Possibly the, ever. Possibly ever, too, yeah. And if, if the offense can't get some sort of cohesion to get to the middle of the Pac-12... You know, just from a production standpoint, then you know it's going to be that. Wow, we we wasted we wasted this. Yeah. The same thing could be said about golf on offense and the defense squandering so many opportunities to to win games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the ex- but that's the difference there is that we never expected the defense to improve, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we had the whole 
Andy Buh to Art Kaufman and, and all that stuff. But like at, at a certain point, we just we just caved and we just knew that this defense was not going to improve. But then it's weird with this where we kind of expect them to improve. We expect the offense to get better, which is natural because they're so young. That's what offenses do. They improve. Yeah. Or they don't. But we're also expecting them to improve because <laughs> they're so young. We're also expecting this offense to improve fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it, there's a lot of pressure on those guys to be able to produce and score and put points on the board. Hmm. I think you are up for point four. Oh, right? My point four. Point four. Here we go. Which one should I go with? Uh, all right. Here we go. Got a defensive one for you. Brett Johnson. Woo! Brett Johnson. Brett Johnson. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Brett Johnson. Brett Johnson. There you go. That's how I say his name. Mm-hmm. That's how you say it every time you type it in all caps. Who are you going to call? Brett Johnson. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Ray right. Parker Jr., greatest American songwriter of our time, because he stole it from Huey Lewis in the news, and they want a copyright suit. You will learn things I... by listening to that talk. <laughs> Brett Johnson will lead the Pac-12 North, if not the Pac-12 Conference, in sacks and tackle for loss. In two years. He says two in, years. In I think year. I mean, more so the case now, am I, is, can this come to fruition? Well, okay, there's two caveats. First thing is, he's at a position, as Trace mentioned last night, that doesn't usually get a lot of sex, but... Unless you're Harrison Phillips. <laughs> or Aaron McDonald, or Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Yes, the best true. player yeah. at the position <laughs> in, in the, the history world. of football. <laughs> Like, I, I, is that an argument? I feel like Aaron Donald's the best defensive tackle that has ever defensive tackled. Haloti Nada's up, up there, there too. But I mean, he never produced to the level that no. Donald's producing. And that's why. Yeah. But yeah, or Vince Wilfork too, to a certain degree. Not as good yeah. though. <laughs> Vince Wilfork's a freaking nature. Yeah, that, that dude was in- incredible. Uh, so yeah, or Albert Hainsworth. It's another one that comes to mind Ooh. who was really good. For like five years. Yeah, for like five years. And then he signed that massive contract and declined. And he died, basically. <laughs> Fell on the cliff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, from the depth Fell chart today, Phillips. Brett Johnson has cemented himself as the number two. A nose guard. And, and he'll nose play guard. defensive end. He'll and play across the, across the D-line. But All if we're stuff. going into our base of a 4-3, and if you look at... 3-4. Three, three, sorry, 3-4. Three, if you look at our base, he's the next guy up. Like he's and hell, Beckett'll bop out to defensive end Absolutely. with Deontay on the side, and then you, you put know, up Brett Johnson. Brett Johnson, wrestling champion. <laughs> Brett Johnson looks like a grown-up version of Dustin from Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, that's true. I, I've been saving that one for a while. Oh, uh, that one's good. I've, that one's good. Without the lisp, though. So, sorry, like, Galen Matasaro. I he's a <laughs> he's a good kid and a good actor. But um, that is my hot take. Yeah, Brett Johnson will lead the Pac-12 North, if not the entire conference. I found it funny. I put out an article about a, uh, you know, um, Brash and Brooks, the two of the other Arizona, Arizona guys, yeah. and um, my good friend Ralph Amson. Uh, he is our uh, Arizona good dude, by the way. Great Arizona dude. High School publisher. I met him at uh, Media Day. He's a fantastic person. He's co- kind of who I aspire to be like as a writer. But he he tweeted out back to me like, "Hey, what? Wondering if now they can give Brett Johnson the ball on offense in the backfield." <laughs> Charlie Regal liked that tweet. 
Rangel's watching. He he wants it. I mean, why not? We just saw we just watched before we started recording Hawaii with a running back who is two hundred seventy pounds, and they're running the read option with him. Throws me back to the days of playing Ignacio Valley, and they had a running back by the name of Patron Wood, two hundred seventy pound seventy pound behemoth. We were taught all week. Cut the tree. Go for his legs. <laughs> we held him to 50 yards. That was his lowest total of the year. And they they also ran a wing T, which oh. they threw five passes. Two were completed. Three were completed to us. So, oh. yeah, it was a good time. We won 49 to 14. But, yeah. So, let's see. Point five. Point five. Now, Point five. Let's see. Who haven't we talked about? D-line, offensive line, defensive backs. We haven't talked. Well, I talked about the wide receivers. Um, you, can talk, you, you can say your I'm going to say the cornerbacks as a whole eclipsed their interception total from last year, which surprisingly was only, uh, I think, Beck had three, Bynum had two, Hicks had one, and Drayden had one, so that would be seven. I think they can do more than that. That's I don't think that's too high of an expectation. I think... That was good enough for second in the country. Yeah, well, when combined with the 10 from the safeties and then four from the linebacker core, Yeah, which 21 total, that is, I believe, the third most in Cal history. First was uh, when they had 24 in 2008, which is still nuts to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, no. Um, so you're saying they won't eclipse the team record, but the The, the cornerbacks will do better in the interception area than they did a year ago. Really? Because I think... I think Hicks is going to see more targets his way just because Bynum's a known quantity. And Hicks is probably the most... I Between him and Beck, I think they're the two most underrated players on this Cal team. It could be true. Even yeah. when we all know their value pretty well because, you know, it's our job to know their value pretty well. But Hicks, I think teams completed just over 50% of their passes when they threw at him. With Beck, he had the lowest. Um, Out of the nickels, right? It was the, when playing in slot coverage. It was the lowest yards per reception yeah. by a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he allowed for players over a certain rep count, it was like only six yards per reception, and per target, I think it was something like it was just over four, which was insane. So, when you're limiting guys like that. And, you know, we talk about, like, yards per attempt as far as passing mm-hmm. and stuff. And they're holding teams way below what their averages should be. I think it'll they'll have – when they play so many pass-happy teams, they're going to end up with more interceptions as a quarterback group. Yeah, I mean, they the guys did talk also, about – Also, Museum is taking a big step. So yes, absolutely. Well, well, I mean – Brennan Smith, too. Yeah, yeah. Those guys have talked about it, right? I mean, the three of us have heard it. Like, they – They've made a, a point of emphasis of they they looked back at the tape from last year and they were just like there could have been more interceptions for us. There's so many ones that we dropped mm-hmm. or we just read wrong and we like you know jumped on the route at the wrong time and but there were so many other opportunities and I think they've made it a case to not let any of those opportunities go to waste. Oh, yeah. And they're they're hungry. Those guys are hungry for interceptions. For <laughs> which is what oh, you want. Man. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. All right. Next point. Point five. I, point five. I, I want to conclude that oh, with the fact on, that A's. A's bully the, against the Giants. Yeah, the Giants just scored five in the top of the eighth. No. All right. That. Back to um, Josh. I just want to talk about just the fact that Cam Good and Coin Danger to me and they're 
disrupting passing lanes. I think that's another byproduct of what's going to happen mm-hmm. with the secondary. I mean, 6'6", six, six, and however tall Cam Good is. 6'4". Six, 6'4". Four. Six, four, that's going to make a huge difference, I believe. They're tall. They're tall. Um, I'm gonna. This is probably my weirdest prediction. I'm going to go and talk about one of the more polarizing, debated players uh, of the fall camp, um, and, and that's Devon Monster. Uh, the Rock Monster. The Rock Monster. Um, Cal fans, of course, remember him from 2017 when he relieved Josh Rosen, denied Wilcox uh, a six-win season in his first year at the helm. Um, I don't know if it was more Devin Monster <laughs> or if it was their Jordan kick- Lasley, yeah, JJ or their Molson, kicker. Those guys, yeah. Lasley killed us. Killed us. Oh, um, fuck, why? That's the thing of the past. Monsters now in Berkeley did not come here intending to be the backup. Mm-hmm. But regardless of his eligibility, which we can touch on a little bit more, Chase Garber's beat him for the job. But by virtue of looking a little bit more comfortable with, with the system and, and the guys that have been here, um, going into year two or, or three, however you look at it for Garber's, um, with the system and with, and with his teammates, it's very apparent that Garber's just looked more comfortable um, Wasser may have a better deep ball, and, and, and he. What's encouraging about about that situation is that Monster did push Garbers very well throughout camp, more than more so than I think Jack Newman and Robbie Rowe would have ever. Um, Devon Monster is is a quality backup. Garbers is going to be the starting job. Is going to be the starting quarterback. He won the starting job by far. I do think, however, in the nature of of, of the season. I know Bauer stayed very, you know, was the starter for 12 straight games uh, in 2017. But I can see Monster coming off the bench and, and relieving garbage, whether it's an injury-wise or, or if something goes down. Or for a uh, lot. Or for a lot. I think Monster's going to get a good run. He's going to succeed in his role, whatever it is. Yeah, I think, I mean, you touched on most of it. But the big thing here is that we just don't, don't know, know if he's eligible. eligible or not. I mean, they we have yet to have been con- Confirmed by the staff if indeed they have gotten a notification from the NCAA. Um, as of right now, they still don't know. And the way they're wording it, too, doesn't make it sound like it's just a one-game thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I think it's a timing, timing issue where if they don't get it in by this date, then he's not eligible for game one. If, he's, if it's not in by this date, then he's not eligible for game two. So it, it could be just the UC Davis game. It could be... Up until ASU, like we just, right. we just, or it could be the whole season. We just don't know, um, and of course, none of us are privy to that information just because it's the NCAA and the athletics department trying to figure that stuff out. So, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird place because he competed for the job, and this has to leave a slight bitter, like bad taste in Garbers' mouth as well, mm-hmm. just because he got the job and he played well, but. There's also there's that asterisk just because mm-hmm. monster, is it also just because monster is wasn't available? eligible that yeah. he you know because towards the end of camp we also saw monster not getting as many steps as we expected him to yeah just because of that eligibility stuff and I think they were prepping just another backup in, in the that case that he couldn't play in the UC Davis game so yeah I think I think that'll I think honestly that actually lights a fire under Garbers mm-hmm. and just is like. You know what? It wasn't extenuating circumstances that got me the job. Yeah, it's, and I think he would have won it either way. Yeah, he had that much better command of the mm-hmm. offense. Um, but I think this actually might work better in in Garber's favor, and Clear he just cut. comes out UC Davis just firing on all, on all cylinders because he's like, mm-hmm. you know what? People are still questioning me whether I can do this job or not, and I'm just going to shut everyone up. Yeah. Okay. 
Did yeah. you do? Was that five for you? That was not five. We were just on. We were two more. I still got two. Uh, which ones have I not done? Ooh, I got a good one. All right. Cal sweeps the Washington and Oregon schools. <laughs> I disagreed with this one last mm-hmm. night. And I'll we still, still disagree. disagree. We both still disagree. But only beats one of the California schools. That's hot take. I'm hot not there take. yet. I'm not there yet. Hot take. You I mean, Andy it. was with me on this. He he said that I got to go to Patrick Chung's house and <laughs> enjoy some of his table sugar <laughs> for that. <laughs> I mean, Andy didn't agree with me to a certain degree on this because he believes that we're going to win in Autzen as well. Um, I'm not there yet. Yeah, but that's my hot take. That's Oregon is the team aside that I think they've struggled with the most just because of the size of Oregon's offensive line. Yep. Their ability to push teams around. But, and I say there's there's a caveat here that, you know, Cal has gotten better on defense after playing Oregon the past couple of years. So there's well, a there's a there's a shot. I think size across the front seven and mm-hmm. the O line has significantly increased for mm-hmm. the Bears. Yeah. Same like with just, Oregon. Oregon yeah. offensive line is uh, one of the best like in the nation. Sewell, Throckmorton, Shane. But then Hansen. at the same time, my my point to that is when have when has it ever dropped really for Oregon? That's like, true. Oregon's when always when, when have their like six four guys like for like a few years been like six one guys? You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, they're always going to be tall just because of, they can they they were. I don't know well. if you see how many offers get put out. Yeah. By Oregon is. I want to say third behind Nebraska and someone else, but they in terms of the sheer number of offers they, they put shoot up. out offers like they're. I can't think of an appropriate metaphor that isn't <laughs> kind of gross and oddly sexual. Yeah, but <laughs> but it, you get the picture. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're they're shooting them out there, but they they have a, what I'm trying to say is they have a big pool of offensive linemen. They they can pick more of the big six four. Kids who are maybe like 270, 275 coming out of high school that they can bulk up to 300 with good, good training, good, you know, strength and conditioning regimens, all that fun stuff. So I'm standing by it though. We're going to, we're going to okay. see the Washington. We'll see, we'll and see. Micah Pittman, I believe is his name, the Oregon. Yeah. The he's receiver. out for five we'll, to six weeks. We'll, we'll see that around mm-hmm. that time. And the, they have some stuff with uh, Juwan Johnson, Juwan I Johnson. think as yeah. well. Similar to what Cal's going through with monster right now, but I don't know. See. I don't follow Oregon too closely. That may be a road trip I have to take this year. To Hudson? Yeah. I've never been. Hopefully so. it's not raining. Yeah. I've been told to go to the Dairy Queen outside of town <laughs> because that's where Justin Wilcox burned up his high school years. But um, let's see. So point six. Point six. Do you want to go through your, the record? Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I have a dumb one that I think will be so funny if it out. actually yes. happens. Let's do it. Um. So, I talked to Ricky Walker on, I want to say, Thursday. And I the last question I asked him was, hey, you switched to number 21. Why'd you do that? And he's like, you know, 38 wasn't really a receiver number. But you know who wore 21 as a receiver here? Keenan, Keenan Allen. Allen. Do you know which game, who he debuted against? UC, UC Davis. Davis. I'm going to say Ricky Walker eclipses Keenan Allen's numbers from the UC Davis game. <laughs> from that opener. From Just the yardage-wise. 120 receiving yards. Four receptions, 120 receiving That's yards, right. and one touchdown, and three carries for are, 38 yards. Those are touchdown. NCAA football numbers. Like the, you know what I mean? Like, he can do it. He can. He actually can. He's fast. If you get behind on 
maybe two two good explosive plays, and then just he's been one of those guys where he's consistent, where he's hit those slants well, hit the little stop routes well, whatever you want to call for him. He is Tricky Ricky for a reason. <laughs> I've, I've been alternating with Tricky Ricky or Pretty Boy Ricky or – I like Tricky Ricky. It's Tricky Ricky is gonna stick if he if he just jukes someone out. If yeah. he jukes someone out at, at some point Call out of the first three games, DMC I'm calling him because he's Tricky Ricky. Well. <laughs> there, yeah, cool. there, there we go. There we go. I'm using that tweet at least, like you know how John Rothstein always tweets, "This is March." Yeah, I'm or like you know, and here we go, Heath Ledger, circa 2008 or whatnot. Yeah, I'm going to do that for various cow guys this year. Brett Johnson. Brett Johnson. <laughs> Tricky Ricky Walker. I might have to pull back pull back one of those games that yeah. I tweeted where I only use Can you do the Lord of the Fancy? Yeah, or the Lord of the Rings gifts. Yeah. I might have to bring that out again. <laughs> I just tried one Harry of these Potter games. ones to counter it. It didn't work. It didn't work. There's not as there's not as many memes <laughs> for Harry Potter and gifts from Harry Potter. That's that's Rings. yeah, that's a, a You're a wizard. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> what? Uh, all right, Josh, your sixth right. one. Point point six. Um I hate to be the pessimist in the room, especially after hearing Andy's fun, optimistic, in the clouds <laughs> takes. Um, point six, six and six record for the year. Um, not so much a byproduct of like you could. I picked Cal to finish fourth in the Pad Twelve North last year, and they finished fifth. I picked them to finish fifth this year, and they could finish fourth. It's one of those things where I take a look at the schedule more so than than really the ballpark of whether the offense is going to marginally improve or how much it's going to improve or if the defense is going to regress at any point. Um, as a whole, the road schedule is brutal. Uh, in no particular order, it, it just offers so many challenges. And for a program that before last year really struggled on the road, especially in conference play, uh, not to mention going out to an SEC school that has struggled a little bit of late, but it's still an SEC school where it's going to be hot and there's just a lot of obstacles in the way to, in my opinion, eight, an eight or nine win season. And even when you look at some of the home games that we've got against you know, Arizona State and Wazoo, those are the two teams that led the Pac-12 in turnover margin last year. I think there are a lot of hurdles, and there's always going to be that one upset win. Um, I'm, I'm thinking USC or Stanford, um, whose offenses were 10th and 11th in the Pac-12 last year, that we could feast on and finally, you know, end, end the season or, or have a great a signature win in November as we traditionally do. I wouldn't call it the season a six and six season a success just because we beat Stanford per se. I just have a hard time putting myself in the eight or nine one category based off of the way the schedule works. You know, if we had this roster with last year's schedule, I'd feel much more comfortable putting eight and four down. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this last night, but like this, the six and six thing is super, super depressing. Just because there's when we and I said this last night was there's three routes to getting to six and six, which is we start off super strong and we fizzle up. Or we start off super bad, and then we jump and, and just finish strong. Or we go the mediocre route, and we just go one and one, two and one, two and two, two and three, three and three, and we just somehow fizzle out to, to six wins. Two out of those three routes, I think, are like what the hell type of scenarios, which is the fizzling out after like pulling off like let's say five or six straight wins, and the, the, the one for one. Um, route. Even the third one's still mm-hmm. like, well, why didn't we do this earlier in the year? Exactly, exactly. But that's it's less of a hit because there's a little bit of good taste right. in your mouth just because you you finished out strong mm-hmm. and you give you hope for for the upcoming season. True, true. But man, like if if, if we finish in those if six and six with any of those two like underwhelming routes, mm-hmm. 
this is going to be such an upsetting situation. And I, I can guarantee you the comment sections on all three of our papers, websites, wherever is going to be livid. And it already kind of was leading into this off season for some particular position coaches, but Oh man, I can only, I, I can only imagine every, pretty much every <laughs> fan base, you know, I mean, I feel the like the internet our, has turned us all into terrible people. This is true, but I feel like our football fandom, our fan base, this used to be stuff they kept to themselves. But a lot of our fan base, I think, is is very like real. Are realists? Realists, not yeah. they're not they're not like why aren't we competing for national championships? I either? go to the Oregon State side to feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> so there's unbridled optimism that I don't understand. Well, that's Andy, but he's not here to to, to refute all those comments that Josh just made. So. <laughs> He's the the ultimate Cal fan. Optimist. Shout out to Andy. Hope you're having fun at the U.S. Open. Oh my goodness! Uh, but yeah, so let's hope it's not right, U.S. Six closed. Six, six and six. You know, the only thing I'm kind of upset that we're recording this after we did that thing yesterday is the the reactions to some of our hot takes is very <laughs> very subdued. So we're we're subdued. very muted right we're, now. Yeah. Like when I when I said the Washington Oregon one last night, like we all put our they were, our heads. In, we were Andy and the three of them except for me were like, what are you talking Why? about? Why? Why would you do that? Oh man, it's just not as it's it, it's not as exhilarating. All right, here's my last one. This is still a good one though. Kind of against what Josh saying with six and six, <laughs> but I think Cal stays in the top twenty five. For more than half the season. Oh, God. <laughs> they can start out that way. Yeah, I think six. There. So, what, six weeks? Seven weeks, including the bye week. So, they got to be at least seven They're weeks. They're pulling the 07 Cal and then completely falling apart. Yeah, I mean, that's what Wilner had us at, right? Yeah, Wilner, seven and one. Seven and one. <laughs> it's depressing. <laughs> Total eclipse of the fart. I think Justin Wilcox won't let that happen. No, but I feel he, like if we ended seven and like if we ended seven and five time. though, if we ended seven and five, I think that's better than six and six. It is just so from I, a number standpoint alone, win, it no, looks I, better. I couldn't agree more. I think seven and five is very realistic. I just think six and six. But there, are, there are definitely going to be people. It's like there's not much of a difference mm-hmm. between seven and five and six and six. We didn't compete for anything. We're going to end up going like the fourth or fifth, you know, Pac-12 affiliated bowl. If that, if we go to six and six, I, I dare say we just have to get a a, a bid. Yeah, we're <laughs> not. We're not. Point, not. point for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's my last one. I'm gonna be in the top twenty-five for more than half the season. I am not there yet. No amount of bath salts is going to get me there. Well, I think if we get votes, if we beat UW, we get votes. If we be, if we, I feel like O will be in there. Can I? Can I put out just one like ask like addendum hot take to that top twenty-five one? Sure. I think if we beat Washington. That day, and let's say we beat them, not not blow them out, but pretty soundly. Like let's say we beat them by like seven or ten points, right? Like That'd be it wasn't like a one one or two point where we like lost because they missed an extra point or something like that. Like Washington State, they get uh, Eason gets knocked out, and they bully Jacob Sermon. <laughs> they bully Peter Sermon's nephew uh, into submission. Yeah, but let's say that happens. I think we would be in the top twenty-five come week right three. Right there. Yeah. If we if we beat Davis and then. And that game happens against Washington, mm-hmm. and it's not like, as I said, a one-point win, like a Texas win. Yeah. I think, I think we're in the top twenty-five at week three. I mean, come on, SC got a vote, <laughs> like for for a week for week zero. Like, are you kidding me that we wouldn't get we wouldn't get votes after beating a top fifteen UW team in week mm-hmm. two of the season? You might sneak in to top to twenty-fifth. Yeah, 
then beat a good North Texas team. Then that yeah. wants you to probably like 22, uh, 20. Yeah. Absolutely. If just right the there. Washington win didn't put you in there, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, we just have to hope that Washington gets their crap together and just, you know, plays well for the rest of the year. Then that that <laughs> increases our strength. There increases our strength of schedule, Absolutely. and that our that win looks even better. Mm-hmm. Woo! Optimism. <laughs> Woo! I think I'm the middle ground between you guys. I think you are. I think. Well, you're the realist. You're definitely the realist. I think this team wins eight eight games. So. I put the floor. I mean, I did put the floor at six. Yeah, I think, I think the floor is six. I think my eight, heart says eight, and I think that they could potentially win more if they figure it out. So. Yeah, I mean, and health stays good because that's mm, always going to be an issue. The, the two things that comes down that it comes down to in my mind is one, of course, health. The two is that like crazy weird call or play, mm-hmm. and it goes our way. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. There's okay. gonna be one or there's gonna be or a handful a of games, a front flip, and yeah, games. like one weird play or like one pi call or, or or just something or other. You know, like we throw a hail mary and it like bounces off three guys and then ends up in our tight ends' hands in the back of the end zone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it, just some of those weird plays just might fall our way and we might just sneak out that win. Mm-hmm. That's gonna push that win total. That was actually faster than uh, what we did on live stream. It's also well, probably one, last person. one last person. Yeah. Although he did say it's six points. But we didn't get to hear it because that's preloaded later. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. It's plug time. The best part of the time. Plug one, plug two. Plug one, plug two. All right. I'm going to well, give you guys some time to plug. To plug. First. Josh, where can people find you and uh, anything you want to tell to our uh, listeners, readers? Sure Wherever thing. they may be. Well, first Rob and Andy virtually, and, and Trace too. He's here. Thank you guys so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, it was a lot of fun, both times. Um, wanted to uh, give a plug to my, my publication. I'm currently the senior staff football writer at the Daily Californian, uh, Berkeley student-run publication. Um, please like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter um, at Daily Cal Sports. Um, the editor Spencer Galanco will be updating content semi-frequently. So hopefully. If you hadn't seen it from Trace's Cal Rivals side, you'll see it from us. Um, individually, I'm on Twitter at JoshCal2020, uh, graduating next May. Go Bears. Um, and if you can donate uh, to the Daily Cal, any, any amount would be greatly appreciated. It's an independent newsroom. Independent newspaper, student run. Uh, we could use any, any help you guys would get. It's much appreciated. Um, I think so. that's all I have to say for now. But uh, Trace? Yeah. Um, I have me. Uh, let's see. <laughs> yes, you are I'm you. Publisher of Cal Rivals <laughs> at Cal Rivals on Twitter, cal.rivals.com. Uh, we have lovely boards where people like to debate every goddamn thing under the <laughs> sun. We have our own podcast, myself and Nam, the great, the Cal Rivals Excellent Podcast Experience, which I came up with that name just so I could have the acronym Crepe. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I kept that for a year before we started. Um, yeah, and at Trace Travers 3 is my personal one in case you want to hear my asinine wrestling takes and... Other takes. Yeah, like, you know, just saying, like, you know, I fell asleep in front of the TV today watching college football. Life is good. You know, we could have some mm-hmm. happiness in these. He had a good day today. Yeah, much like Ice Cube. I didn't have to use my AK. I don't have one, but I didn't have to use it. 
So, yeah, that's right. a way to end it. <laughs> I appreciate you guys coming on the pod. Uh, Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. From my end, uh, you can find all our stuff at CaliforniaGoldenBlogs.com, Twitter at GoldenBlogs. You can find myself at on Twitter at Rob11HWNG. You can find Andy at AndyJPeaceMode on Twitter. Uh, you can email the pod at cgbbearcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, topics, concerns, comments. If you, re- if you leave a review, Andy will read it for you Absolutely. on that air. That is true. If you send us a review, uh, don't send it to us via email. Put it up on any of the sites. Uh, we're on, as we said, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. So leave us a follow, like, subscribe, comment, uh, review, five-star, four-star, three-star, two-star, or one-star, I think. I think we're better than a one star, but if you believe we're one star, I'm all for it. And Andy will actually read all of your reviews live on the show every week, uh, depending on how many we get that day. So that is it. I guess one more thing is you can find us on Instagram and you can also find us on YouTube as well at Golden Blogs. And all of our content will be updated uh, with football stuff leading into this new week. Um, You're probably listening to this on a Tuesday, so you Nick's op-ed went up on monday there's a whole bunch of previews going up tomorrow and thursday as well leading up to the uc davis game which i hope everyone can come out and attend i think the bears definitely will need a big big home crowd to, to help them rally in a couple games this year so that about wraps it up uh here at the bear cast and as always go bears Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.